0: With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.
1: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at Wells com slash ActiveCash. This isn't
0: your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is The James Altucher Show. So today's idea list of the day from notepad.com, N-O-T-E-P-D.com, is the Doomsday Portfolio by Robin Altucher. And I have with me here, Robin. Yes. Jay Paulo. Robin, Hello. why'd you create the Doomsday Portfolio?
1: I just had to do this research for my portfolio. So well, what, I just thought I'd it? share. Well, it's just… Um, you know, I had to reposition a lot of stocks just to kind of… Because of what's happening, you know, uh, with Russia and the Ukraine. And um, just did a little research on what the effects are going to be for the exports.
2: See, I, I'm just curious. When you do this say portfolio, do you see it as long-term? Or do you see it like maybe like a couple of years… After the war or tensions.
0: That, that's a great question. Because, well, a couple of years, by the way, for most investors is now considered long term. But right. the, the, the question I had for Robin is, is this very short term? Because what if, I mean, she writes in this, there's three scenarios. Scenario one, Russia takes over Ukraine, like their invasion succeeds for them and they take over Ukraine. Scenario two is Ukraine succeeds in fighting back and Russia gives up without forcing any concessions at all. And scenario three is, which is one I think we all, well, I guess scenario two also we all hope for, but scenario three is a deal is made and at the very least Ukraine agrees not to join NATO and Russia takes their military out and sanctions will be lifted. So I think that's probably, I don't know which scenario is likely actually. What do you guys think? Which scenario is likely? Or are there other scenarios?
2: I I I don't know. I I felt like I felt like the third one would be more likely. But isn't Ukraine, uh, just apply for EU? They
0: just applied for EU, and the EU agreed to kind of fast track them. But you right. can only fast track so fast. Like I right. think there's in Poland, I know there, there's something like twenty seven countries in the EU, and you have to basically work out trade agreements, right, with all of them. You have to integrate your banking system with the with the euro. Like it takes. Years to actually officially join. I Plus believe. Plus, there's
1: like five countries, I think, ahead of them or something. But I think like they're going to
0: fast track Ukraine, though.
2: So what you're saying is it's not going to be end anytime soon, then?
0: It, it physically can't. Like like Brexit, I don't even know if England is fully out of the EU yet, or if they did. It took them about three years to yeah, get yeah, out. It's, because it's,
3: I can confirm it's fully out right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but I believe at the end of 2020, but it
3: took a long time. It took a crazy long time, right. like last year, like end of last year or something. Yeah,
0: wow. It right. It was like time. it was like a four or five year effort because you have to make new trade agreements with every European country because you're not you don't have the EU generic trade agreement with them. And I think the problem was there was it all boiled down in England and uh, uh, like Ireland and Scotland were having issues with England. Getting out of the Brexit, I oh because that I I forget all the issues, but there was some there was some weird trade agreement issues where, like Northern Ireland was going to get screwed or something like that.
2: Right. So I I think I I'm hoping for a scenario scenario three, but I think scenario one maybe maybe what's going to happen.
0: Well, so so okay, and Paulo, what do you think? You know, I'm I don't know,
3: I don't know, I. I would think that, I would guess, either a some sort of deal is made
2: right.
3: or Russia takes over.
2: Yeah, same with me. Because, yeah, I
0: kind uh, of, Do you think, you, so So, do, does anybody think Ukraine can hold them
2: back long enough? I don't know. I mean, like for the past couple of days, like you see how many cities has been fallen and they took over the Chernobyl just like that. You know, but at the same time, Russia's morale is really low. Russian morale is really low. But at the same, but even even with low morale, it seems like they're still able to take the cities. Well, I I guess
0: we don't really. You know, I read articles that say there's low mor- morale, but we don't know if that's yeah, true or not. who like, knows if that that's,
3: is true, right? It's uh, right. you don't know where the information comes from. Of course, people yeah, labor. And,
0: and and look, exactly. even if those articles are spread with the best intentions in mind, like let's actually you know, create low morale for the Russian soldiers by saying they have low morale. That might be the reason that article is being spread, but we don't right. we don't actually know. And the same thing, I do believe those cities have been taken over, but again, we don't know Ukraine's strategy. Like it could be, let's just throw the entire army at Kiev because until they get Kiev, they don't have the country. Right. You know, and also what Russia is about to find out is that, you know, this, what is there? There's something like, What is the population of Ukraine? I always have to look it up again. There's something like, um, okay, there's 44 million people in Ukraine and there's something like 200,000 soldiers that Russia has in Ukraine or on the border of Ukraine. And can they really, if the entire population hates you, can you really hold on to a
2: country? I don't know. Um, Unless you you rule with the iron fist, I guess you can't, right?
0: I guess that's the fear is that You know, once Putin is totally in charge, there's going to be, you know, mass murders. But I don't think the Russian people will go for that. It seems like it's like Russia, and now I don't want to uh, insult anyone, but it seems like Russia, Ukraine, ethnically are the same as far as like it's like England and Scotland. Like, do you consider, like, do English people consider Scottish people 100% different than them? Yes. I don't yeah, even like know, go, but... Like uh, like I guess they, they have been at war in the past. But yes. my
3: understanding is that the uh, there's a part of Ukraine which is ethnically Russian and a yes, part yes. that is not, right? right. So it's uh, that's the difference. There's a Russian-speaking population who feels uh, somewhat Russian and there's a part that doesn't. So that's the, the difference.
0: Yeah, so, so that's an important part of what's going on in Ukraine right now is that starting in 2014, Russian, the, the, the Russian people who wanted to separate from Ukraine basically have been at war with the Ukrainians in those two regions. So so it could be the case that a deal with Russia is they get those two regions and uh, Ukraine agrees not to join NATO. At the very minimum, I think that's what Russia would want in a deal.
1: Well, that's still going to affect the trade with wheat and these things because I think they fall into that area.
0: Yeah, and even if they don't, I mean, it's going to have Russia, you know, You never know if there's going to be... I think the the problems you point out is that, A, this war might not go well for Ukraine, in which case there's going to be all sorts of sanctions and so on against all these critical commodities, which we'll talk about in a second. Mm -hmm. And and, and we'll talk about what stocks and investments can can potentially benefit. B, even if Russia backs out but gets some concessions, you're never really going to be able to trust that Russia is not going to invade again or do some other things. And there's a third point here too, which is that Ukraine's already been affected. Like they can't do a harvest this year if there are tanks on the roads, for instance, because they need, you know, farm equipment on the roads. Right. So that's going to so affect. So this
1: year's, yeah, no, like, this like, year's like, done, done.
0: Yeah, like they supply a lot of the uh, wheat and grains in the world, both Ukraine, Russia and Ukraine. Uh, so so wheat prices have been soaring, and we'll we'll talk about that in a second. But also, I didn't know they they also provide a lot of sunflower seeds and vegetable oils and uh
2: yeah i thought yeah i somehow i thought southern states are the ones that provided all that like like florida or
1: that's the florida orange juice commercial i don't know
2: i don't don't think the u.s really provides
0: a lot of anything we just kind of buy everything
1: we do is why our trade deficit
0: is so high
3: also, do you know what so many people call it the Ukraine instead of just the Ukraine? Because it's not like you yeah, say, know. you know, the <laughs> Italy, you know, or the France.
1: Right. But why the why Ukraine? Everyone it's...
0: says that. I don't know.
3: I, uh,
1: that's weird.
0: Yeah, like I, I just said that. So oh, you did. Probably, I've been trying. I, I've been trying to um, correct myself by saying Ukraine. But uh, so okay, I'm not Robin, even you claiming wanna...
3: that it's wrong. Maybe it's right. But uh, it's it's interesting that there would be other uh, the countries called that
0: first off what, what what was your point are these companies you think are investments for the long term or for the short term like before we say the investments what could be the problem with owning uh, these investments
1: well I mean this stuff I I research I've been researching it for a while so a lot of it is pretty high if you buy it now but I bought high I don't typically do that I just for me personally I feel that there's going to be a long-term effect for all of these uh, these commodities. So, I'm just even though they are high, I'm still going for them. So,
0: well, well, it's interesting because, well, first off, it's what's interesting is they're high because uh, since the invasion, hedge funds have been obviously loading up on these. But what's interesting there is that they didn't start loading up, it seems, until a few days ago. Right. So, the next time there's a world crisis, it does seem that there will be an opportunity to load up. So, it would have been good to make a list like this earlier obviously cuz the same yeah. information was available but you know now i do think that these are are even though like wheat for instance is high it's it's a good long-term play because i was reading that the wheat harvest in ukraine best case is going to be about 30% lower than it was a year ago because of what's been going on now and worst case obviously it goes to zero so and
1: on top of that and that's just ukraine yeah, well, not even that, to mention the seven percent from Russia or whatever. It oh, is.
0: oh, yeah, that's right. Russia is a huge supplier of wheat. So, not to mention, we hit an all time high a year ago in April of twenty twenty one because of high demand. So, like worldwide demand for wheat has been going up anyway, and now this will further hit supply. So, you know, essentially, over the past year, it's up wheat. Wheat, as an example, is up fifty percent. But that's probably like. It's probably not going lower anytime soon. It might go lower a little bit if this uh, scenario resolves peacefully, but it's in the long term the demand is there, and Ukraine and Russia are going to have supply problems for years to come after this because of sanctions, because of right. infrastructure being damaged from the invasion, and and so on. So, uh, so okay. What's your what's your first investment?
1: So my first one is corn. I mean, I think all of these are important. Corn, wheat, uh, those are both uh, and, ETFs.
0: And, and, yeah, so corn is spelled C-O-R-N is the ticker symbol. It's an ETF mm-hmm. f- that holds corn futures. Wheat, W-E-A-T, it's the ticker symbol, um, holds right. wheat futures. And, and again, corn and wheat are, that is the biggest export of, it's 20% of Ukraine's exports.
1: Well, what's interesting oh, wow. is that China is their largest buyer. Oh, what? From Russia and and Ukraine. Like a lot. By oh. a lot.
0: So so that means China buys most of their most of the wheat that Ukraine is selling um is going to China?
1: I believe that's what I saw or you it's know, Russia.
0: You know also between if you combine Russia and Ukraine,
1: yeah, China. China
0: that is 30% of total world wheat exports. So if Russia does succeed in either taking over Ukraine or causing huge supply chain issues for, for Ukraine, combined with all these sanctions on Russia. I mean, that's 30% of a commodity or two commodities, corn and wheat, that demand is, is, has been rising for. So that's, even if you're buying high right now, it seems like a, it's a good long-term play.
1: So even Russia's trade, um, it is, number one is uh, China is their biggest...
0: Yeah, because I guess U.S. doesn't necessarily buy those things, but... U.S., were number
1: four. Yeah.
0: But you know what, though? Uh, It's tricky to think that way because you could say, like, like with oil as an example, which is another thing you talk about on this list, just because the U.S. does not buy a lot of oil from Russia doesn't Mm -hmm. mean we aren't affected because worldwide, you know, oil and corn and wheat, these are global commodities, and there's only one price for them. So it's the same price all over the world. So just because china's the buyer let's say from russia sure. and we're not as much a buyer the price goes up which affects you know all the citizens of the world for when right. oil prices go up or coin prices go up so it affects it affects a lot of different things but certainly the corn and wheat etfs could go up regardless of the us dependency on them you talk about iron and and you know i didn't know ukraine was a big iron exporter but apparently they are
1: yeah so is russia
0: also, I'm curious, one of the items in the list, uh, not really the idealist,
3: but that table that she added is uh, ores, slag, and ash. What is ash? Like, I know what ash is, but it doesn't seem like a commodity to me
0: so ores, slag, and ash are all basically byproducts of the process of getting iron. Or I'll give you an example. We know this guy who his business was collecting garbage, and why did he collect garbage is because he would go through the garbage and find all the slag and ash, like all the kind of steel where he could extract iron from the steel and then uh, uh, sell it onto the commodities market. So it's kind of a byproduct of, I guess, the steelmaking process or the process of mining iron, one of those things. But the top importers, the top buyers of ores, slag, and ash, it's a category, were China, Japan, South Korea, Germany, and the Netherlands. So obviously, these are all huge customers of Ukraine or Ukraine and Russia, and uh, they're going to be they're going to be greatly affected by this. And you use these things for anything that you need steel for. So, for instance, car companies are in Germany and Japan, for instance, are not going to be able to get all the supplies they need, like the parts they need, because these things are made out of, you know, the ultimately iron. So This is where uh, the company Cleveland Cliffs comes in, CLF ticker. Right. Yeah. Also, I didn't know this. I thought so so Ukraine is a big supplier of rare earth minerals as well.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, really? I thought I thought India was.
0: I didn't know they Ukraine are too. was. Oh. Yeah, China's the biggest, by the way.
1: Well, and, that's because they took over Tibet yeah. and and that area.
0: Oh, yeah, cuz it's in the mountainous regions, right? Yes. Right. And oh. and number 2 like they didn't. You think about it. Why would they take over Tibet? They don't really want to. They don't really care about, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the Dalai no, Lama, just want or their, Buddhism. They wanted, right. yeah, the their rare earth rare minerals. rare earth
1: minerals, and that's why India also, because that's on the other side of the
0: mountain. But by the way, I believe number two exporter is Greenland, and there's a company, uh, Greenland. I think it's called Greenland uh, Natural Resources or Green Greenland, mm-hmm. Greenland yes. Mining Company. Yep. And uh, China owns that. Yeah. Yep. And so, rare earth minerals, just in, if people don't know, these are, as, as it says in the name, they're rare. And they're, uh, that's why it's kind of important to know if, which countries sell them. And they're used in almost everything you do. Like, they're used for batteries, they're used for semiconductors, they, they power the electric grid. Like, rare earth minerals. If we want to
1: have EVs, you know, electric vehicles, that's what we need. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, well, any, any computer, any, yeah. anything. Like
0: iPhone, yeah. Yeah, so like if the world didn't have rare earth minerals, we would, the world, you could just shut the lights out. Now, I remember one time I had Naveen Jain on the podcast and he was starting oh, yeah. a space expo- exploration company where his goal was to get to the moon because the moon is where there's, because the moon is not on earth, the moon it turns out has a lot of rare earth minerals. And so that was his goal was to find Ultimately, a cheaper way through space travel. I don't know. I don't ever know what happened to that company, but uh, in any case, in the U.S., though the only company that is mining and processing rare earth elements is MP Materials, MP. So I will look into that stock. These are not necessarily recommendations, just things to look at because the situation is so scary. And and I do think, Robin, to your point, is that people are going to start looking to alternatives to. Right, you know, it's not it, we're not as global as we thought we were.
2: Exactly. Yeah, we're too dependent on other countries. I felt like you know that's a that's a pro and con of uh, of uh, of globalizations, right? You you it's you depend on other countries on certain things, right. which we've been we have
0: a global economy, so we've been pretty yeah. good at that. And you know, and I'll just throw in one other thing. You know, lithium is used in every battery, but uh, a lot of uh, lithium comes from places like China, and also lithium comes from Ukraine and Russia.
1: Okay, but China owns 80% of all lithium right now in the world.
0: Right. So if if China is looking at this, you know, crisis to see how they're going to handle Taiwan, mm-hmm. it is about time we start weaning off of China for lithium.
1: That brings me to a a point from yesterday that I was trying to find a pure play lithium company because we actually have like the largest in the US in Nevada for a lithium, lithium mine. A mine. Oh. And I found out yesterday that it's all owned by the Chinese.
2: Oh. So they just it. They're all in like, Chinese hey.
1: companies that are Canadian. And I researched these companies and they all oh, it all all of them went right to China. Mm.
0: Okay, but there's one there's one company that owns a lot of land in Nevada where they have found lithium where uh so so most people don't know this, but Howard Hughes bought an enormous like hundreds of thousands of acres in Nevada back in the sixties. Because he was building, he wanted to build casinos. He wanted to basically take over Las Vegas, and all that land was consolidated into, after he died into something called the Summa Corporation, which owns a big chunk of LTUM, uh, lit, the Lithium Corporation, and that is, I believe, an American pure play. I, I
1: haven't researched that one yet. I didn't. Have yeah, time. that one.
0: That one's an American pure play. Uh, you know, the Summa Corporation is a private company. It's all owned by Howard Hughes family, like his distant cousins, and. Uh, I, I do. I, LTUM is a, is a pure play lithium company. Here, it is weird though that another company called Lithium Americas, just like Greenland Natural Resources, yep. is is owned by China.
1: Yeah, it's a Canadian company. So, whenever you see a Canadian company, you need to really do your research. It typically you follow the road to China.
0: So, any other points you want to make on this Doomsday portfolio? I do think it's interesting to start for people to start analyzing you know what you do in different macro world scenarios like the the greatest investors of all time like George George Soros, Carl Icahn, Warren Buffett, they always have a macro perspective on the world. Not as much Buffett actually, more investors like Soros, but, right.
2: but macro isn't like the like what's a top level.
0: Okay. No, macro like what's going on geopolitically. So like Buffett doesn't care as much, he looks for brands he looks, he looks for things you can't necessarily predict. Like what's a brand that's going to be around 20 years from now? It's probably a good investment now. That's how he thinks about a lot of these things. He doesn't necessarily make daily investment decisions based on global politics, but George Soros, whatever anyone thinks of him, is a successful investor. And he does think a lot about global politics.
1: I just think that this is going to change a lot of people. Like with me, I feel like things that go through what I'm thinking, you know, a lot of people are thinking and I want to support the pure plays. You know, like if I'm in France, I want to support, the you know, a French company. Or if I'm in the U.S., I want to support a U.S. company. I think people are going to start to do that because that will that'll help their countries.
3: What is the definition of a pure play?
1: Oh, one that's just owned by uh, just purely, let's say, a French company, if you know, or purely a, a U.S. company with no ties. And no money coming from China or from Russia or from, you know, other places.
3: Okay, it makes sense. The
1: Canadians have really brought in people from China. I mean, they've made trade deals with them, and they have for a long time. Uh, So most Canadian companies, I would say, really look at them and and take a deep dive into it, because you'll be surprised. Well, because the U.S. has a lot
0: of trade restrictions on on China, and and so... But and this is how the world works really underneath all the rules and regulations is that everybody just winks at each other. So like when we put trade restrictions on China, a little bit of it is a wink because they go to Canada which doesn't have the same trade restrictions on China. Right. Now we could have probably forced Canada to have the same restrictions, but we didn't because we still need these things that China provides. Right. So that that's the issue. Like we don't necessarily you know refine lithium the way China does, and all our all our electronic products, like iPhones, are made in China. So they China needs lithium.
1: So just recently, there was uh, a Canadian company that was uh, bought by the Chinese government, a lithium mining company, and Canada let them do it. It just blows my mind.
2: Wait, so I mean, if by the logic, so if we just buy whatever that China is buying, would it, would we be making money?
1: Well, they're just cornering the market.
2: Well, well, no, again, though, they, they need lithium because they make
0: iPhones, cars, you know, right, everything. But they
1: don't need 80% of the world's, you know, lithium well, right now. But
0: to your point, Robin, they want to be not dependent on the rest of the world. So that's why they're
1: kind of they smart. They want the rest of the world to be dependent on them. Yeah. And this is what their play is and with wheat now. So this is what's so scary is that, you know, they'll bring us to our knees.
0: Well, you know, the one thing is, though, well, I guess th- this is why China and Russia, we have to look at like what's happening in their relationships, because China gets so many of their critical commodities from Russia and Ukraine. So this That's is why right. China doesn't necessarily bash this invasion. I mean, there's many reasons, but this is certainly one of them. Right. Uh, and by the way, if you're thinking about getting a new car, I'd probably try to get that new car now, because certainly the price of a car is going to go up if if iron and steel are going up.
2: I should just move. I just should just
0: move down to Georgia and buy a car right away. <laughs> you, should, you should do everything we suggest and then buy these yeah. stocks for your portfolio. <laughs> yes. So, uh, all right. Uh, the Doomsday Portfolio, we didn't list all the investments, but you can check it out at notepadnotepd.com And Robin Altucher is the author of that <laughs> idea list.